This conversation will be at times disturbing and uncomfortable. We want to exercise utmost respect for the deceased and those affected by such tragic events. If you are somebody that's easily put off by obscene events and gore, uh, please consider listening to another episode. Hello and welcome, passengers. Our spookiest episode is about to begin. One that you might not be able to get off this train. <laughs> On today's Halloween episode, we're going to be talking about serial killers. Stay tuned and welcome to the last train. Okay, um, thank you for that very scary intro. You're welcome. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the laugh that gets me. I just didn't even know I could laugh like that, but it does make sense. I think you have it within you. And it's a very powerful tool. Oh my gosh. I'm very afraid for I'm your children. I'm going to use that on day. my children for sure. <laughs> Actually, can I start this off with a fun little story? Of course you can. Oh, no, I already told this story before. It's when I was going up the stairs and my oh, grandma right, waited till right. the last minute and let out that shrill witch cackle. And I think that's where I got it from. So thank you, grandma, for this obscene talent. <laughs> you can recap it for people that didn't listen to that episode. Yeah, why not? I pretty much just did. That was it. Okay, cool. <laughs> Top of the stairs. <laughs> grandma screams. <laughs> but yeah, uh, welcome to, what is this, episode 16 now? 17 16 of the last train podcast this is uh this is going to be a pretty spooky one we're going to be talking about serial killers and um yeah it's weird thinking about how serial killers exist i know (laughs) that they're they're out there and like it's not i don't want to live my life thinking that like man that's something that could absolutely happen to me but like maybe i I've walked by a serial killer on the bus or something or like at Walmart or maybe I'm standing next to him and he's buying his supplies. Like that's just the thing that happens. They're all around us. What? (laughs) Statistically, (laughs) no. Where's DC? DC's our stats, guys. Like, nah, statistically, we're good. (laughs) Um, I feel like it's like the safest time ever in history though because when you like a lot of times when you're looking at serial killers you're studying like crazy from stuff from like the 70s 80s and before that yeah and ever since like dna evidence we got y'all yeah man it's it's a lot and you hear about how like oh they didn't like criminals like ed kemper Mm -hmm. and stuff like this and and turns out like they never got the only reason they got caught was because they wanted to so then yeah it's it's completely fascinating. But one, uh, one would assume that the serial killers now are just smarter, though. Yeah. Totally. So, you know, in terms of numbers wise, they might be way less mm-hmm. than, you know, back in the day. Yeah. But low key, or they're shooting of, up schools. Yeah. Yeah. But, 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 like, in terms of, like, you know, how good they are. Yeah. Uh, I would say, like, we probably have, like, some of the 
Yeah. Greatest of all time. Greatest of like some goats. <laughs> like, <laughs> like living among oh, us. You know, it's really funny you bring that up know. because I had this idea. I wanted like my all star lineup of like serial killers. I wanted like my power forward. Like and a my goat. Top five. You know, and you got like, you know, the MVP, of course, has got to be Ted Bundy. We can talk. <laughs> actually, like, since you guys are going to share stories, we can yeah. talk about it like afterwards. Yeah, we and get then, an all star lineup. Because. Yeah, like just disclaimer, I didn't, you know, go looking for any killers. So, yeah, I'm very much going to be giving you guys real time reactions to these it's, super messed up. And stories. like, it's good that and it's and I think DT is a little bit in the same vein, too. Yeah, so I think exactly. it's good that, you know, we have you guys. At yeah. the sounding board. So y'all go crazy. We're and, going ham and we'll stay sane. And it's weird because <laughs> fascinating because the more you read into this stuff, it's it's weird not to have like almost like a, an intellectual kind of connection to it and you start like connecting oh god toby no, like can't I'm, even process like plato doesn't even say anything nope, about this nope. how do i <gasps> <laughs> what's your guy's name frugal or something Frugalstein. that was such a good shot at me <laughs> i can't even react <laughs> what's happening <laughs> Yeah, there is no kind of whatever. Hegel said nothing. No, <laughs> I'm trying to find something in my brain, and, there, and there's nothing there. Um, but the focus of this episode is just we want to talk about some famous serial killers and explore some of their personality traits, the things that uh, some of the things that are common in all of them, um, in terms of how intelligent they seem to be, in terms of how they all seem to have really messed up upbringings. Oh my gosh, you sound like you're about to rate them. No, like it, it really, it, no, it really is a fascinating sort of thing. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that like, you know, thank God we have them, <laughs> but like, think, no, no, but thank God we found them. Think about, we found them. And, and it's, it's, it brings up if, if anything, remarkable insights into, um, sort of what goes wrong when you have, uh, bad chemicals in the brain mixed mm -hmm. with yeah. bad parenting. And uh, right place, right time, you can really cook a, a real bad motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but let's get into it. I'll start it off as usual with a quote. And uh, this is a quote by an American serial killer. His name is Joel Rifkin. And uh, he was believed to have murdered around 17 people while dismembering their bodies for, quote unquote, easier disposal. I'm thinking like, yeah, that does know, make sense. It makes perfect sense. If like, yeah, man, why would you want to carry that whole thing at once? That's the way to do it. I saw this TikTok that was making a joke about this. She's this tall girl and she's like, I get why guys date the little girls. Yeah. If you want to kill them, they're just <laughs> easier to cut up. And I was like, whoa, Gen Z, calm down. Damn, that's that's instrumental as all hell. <laughs> oh, um, if you're under five five, watch out! You should really watch yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, he killed all these people between eighty nine and ninety three, and he once said, "And this quote is really gonna mess people up, I think, especially like if you're somebody that gets uh, put off easily." He says that I will, in all probability, be convicted, but I will not go away a monster, but as a tragedy. So what? it's it, it goes self-proclaiming yourself as such very deep into his psychology. And, That's and kind like, of pretentious, though. It is, yeah. yeah. Like it's very, it's like some but Kanye we're not West surprised. kind of like you know. We're not surprised know. a serial killer is pretentious. I don't know pretentious because I was watching the Ted Bundy stuff. And yeah, 
I saw him like diagnose himself and I don't know if it's more pretentious than it is a neurological disorder. Um, but but you can have a neurological disorder that makes you pretentious. Yeah. You're still pretentious. If you're like, oh, I know I'm killing the sleeper, but I'm going to be a tragedy. You it's know, like, like <laughs> <laughs> relax. It's just okay. Like, chill relax. Out, man. Still a monster. Like, Kinda don't pretend you can't be both. Yeah. You know, and this doesn't happen for all of them. Like, I, of all the serial killers I looked up in the last, like, 42 hours, like, this is going to be a fun episode. It really so, is. Like, crack it really jokes. Is. Like, you're in. That's what I'm here for. There's just Continue. so many. Oh, my God. Um, a lot of them are aware that they take pleasure in the fact that I am the biggest monster yeah. in the world. And they're putting on a performance. Absolutely. And they, they tend to love the attention they get from the police, from the media. That's why some of them even come out and they leave trails. They want to be caught. Yeah. You know? Oh, I've got a story about that. There's just something very horrific about them believing they're the heroes within their own messed up psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh. I'll leave, you know, perhaps in a more contemplative tone before we kind of get into exploring some of their personality traits. There is a Japanese serial killer. And I guess a little bit later on, I'll go into what he did. Um, but he has one. Don't go into it now. No, no. His, his name is uh, Isai Sagawa. And, uh, you know, he was a murderer and his, and his necrophile. And he was a cannibal oh, as well. Okay, yeah, was, thanks, was, Toby. He was a cannibal. These, these his, nickname, his nickname, his nickname. This is your starting lineup, uh, Somebody hey? that uh, enjoys to um, have sex with dead bodies. Necrophiliac. Uh, necrophiliac. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, Juliana? Uh, this is your starting lineup, hey? Yeah, yeah. My starting lineup. Jeez. Power forward. We got Sagawa. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, it's weird. Be, and and I'll, I'll kind of end the intro with this, with a quote. That he said, um, he said that uh, she smiles, but deep within my soul, I know that I am the strangest one of all. He's very poetic. The ego is astounding. Um, he's very self-aware. And um, yeah, he enjoyed eating people. Uh, he was, uh, they, they, they called him the, they called him the Kobe killer. So he was, he was literally having human sushi. <laughs> but uh I wish you could see her facial expression. Was there like, like, so break it down. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like he did. Yeah, tell us the story. (laughs) Uh, Um, Like, was it raw? Is that why they called it sushi? Was it cooked? Was it like, um, like like exactly how Hannibal was this? Well, he, he published a book on it, on on the pleasures of cannibalism. So it was, you know. He was notable for killing one celebrity. He published a book. Like, yeah. you're not in hiding at yeah, that man. point, hey? <laughs> like, again, everyone should be like me. Again, again. This is a how-to book. She smiled at me. But deep within, I know that I'm the strangest of all. And so it goes beyond strange. Like, nah, you're messed up. Yeah. You're messed. But I want to go into it later because there's other stuff I want to get to. I bet. I'll, I'll bring it back. We'll run cool. it back. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll just... We'll just begin. You guys ready? Mm-hmm. Go for it. Yeah. Okay. Um, we'll take turns. Okay. Um, now, one of the most interesting things about psychopaths, and I think what's going to have me, um, there's because there's two sides to this. There is the people that um, are brutally killing people, and there's not a lot of um, premeditation in it. And, um, you know, it's, it's very killing. impulsive, impulse killing. And then there is the very manipulative people. Calculated. And, uh, very calculated. 
And that's kind of where I want to get into next because um, there was a study and uh, by a doctor that worked at a, at a local prison and he helped uh, try to rehabilitate um, people, uh, essentially criminals uh, that had gotten out of prison that are trying to be transitioned back into, into normal life. And um, essentially what he would say is that as he's training new doctors that want to work at his clinic, he has to... The hallmark of this teaching is to train them how to be aware of the setup, how to be aware that when you're in the presence of a serial killer, a psychopathic manipulator, they're always trying to set you up. Everything yeah. that they say, every they're watching you. Yeah. They even try to assess who the weakest person is. Yeah. Oh, they're trying because they're trying to get an edge. They're trying to wrap you around their finger to try to get something from you later on. It says the moment you sit down with them, they're going to try to be your best friend, and it doesn't stop. So I guess the question I have here is, how do you feel like you would re? It's like I want to say this though. Like Juliana seems like a very empathic person to me, so I That's feel like I seen, she right? would buy into <laughs> somebody that seems empathetic somebody that's saying the right things i think somebody like you would actually wouldn't be able to work in such a place with such people with psychopaths yeah no i think um like i i get really obsessed as as do much of the population with like neuro disorders and um the thing that i found about psychopaths is that um I think it's people who like I pick up on social behaviors like super astutely. Like yeah. my husband's always making fun of me for it. like whenever little things are happening, I'll be like, well, did they, they did this. Do you think they meant this by or they didn't say this? Like I'm always picking up on nonverbal cues and reading into the verbal ones, too. Mm-hmm. And with psychopaths, it's people who are not reading into things as much that they'll fool. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if you're someone who's like really like always kind of reading into things there's there's lots of little things that they do that give you cues Mm -hmm. like their eye movements and like the specific way that they'll word things yeah like because they're faking being normal yeah like they're just taking notes of what looks like normal Mm -hmm. and then they're putting it on Mm -hmm. it doesn't come from inside of them the thing that i read during my research is that they're they have no capacity for any kind of effective empathy yeah Mm -hmm. none meaning that they're able to replicate what a response to a you know an empathetic situation is meaning that you tell me that you're going through a hard time in your divorce. They've got no idea what that feels like. None. They have no clue what you're understand. going through, but they have a vague kind of cognitive clue of what a response would look like. Yeah. So it'd be like I have to be kind of sad now, or to, to seem you like seem I'm like consoling it. you, yeah. or or something like this. I'll do you one better. Um, yeah, no, and I want to hear what you think about this. Mm-hmm. Um, doctors, students within this clinic, um, you know, you know, uh, Dr. Tony Angelo is talking about how we have several students who buy in. <laughs> in fact, there are several cases where these manipulators are successful in having them. He had one of his students mm-hmm. drive him to McDonald's. <laughs> A psychopath in a clinic had one of the doctors drive him to McDonald's to get food and then drive him back. So that just being a testament of just how good of how good psychopaths are. That they are. At, well, my my thing, and I this is in I guess in commentary of what you're saying, and in response to Juliana saying that she can spot them is aren't there other. Uh, 
like neurological things that make it difficult for people to properly process empathy. Jay? Sorry? Like, aren't there other neurological things that make people have a hard time processing, like, like emotion where they have to pick up on yeah, other yeah. people? Yeah, well, even like being on the spectrum, like you really understand what you're feeling, but you have a hard time figuring out how to like verbalize that or identify it. Right. So that's the thing is that like, I feel like it might be hard to know if someone yeah. is psychopath because they could be, Yeah. again, you know, it could be, you know, on the spectrum or this or mm-hmm. that, like, and that kind of innocence, it might also, uh, or just that kind of ignorance or just like, I don't really know for sure if this is that kind of person. Mm-hmm might make a psychopath more effective in convincing someone to drive them to McDonald's. To McDonald's, <laughs> right? Now, uh, Dr. Angelo talks about how, like, yeah, when that happens, you have to, um, you got to fire them <laughs> because you've effectively been compromised. Um, but there is another, there's, there's, there's one more example. Um, he talks about how, and, and this is why I, I said in the beginning that somebody like Juliana would struggle here because you want to think about the philosophy of psychiatry. You're trying to help. You're trying to make an impact. And for certain people, it's that nobody is beyond um, any kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, any kind of, what's that word? Helping people. Redemption? Re- no, no, not redemption. Re- rehabilitation. Rehabilitation. <laughs> there we go. Nobody's beyond rehabilitation. So when you enter this kind of setting, you believe that you can help, right? But so then he he talks about how there was a particular, there was a new student that he had and she had been working with uh, with one of the patients there. And after several months, she, she comes up to Dr. Angelo and goes, hey, um, the person I've been working with, would it be okay if I take him out to get a coffee? And so that, you know, in a normal setting and so that we can talk about books because he's been telling me so much about all the books he's written. I mean, all the books he's been reading and he's an astute reader. And I, I, I think I'm making some ground with him. Angelo, the jaded, you know, head mm-hmm. of services there goes, first of all, you're in a setup. <laughs> <laughs> you're being punked right You're now. being punked. Like <laughs> that I've guy, seen this movie that before. guy, oh God, like you're in so deep. In fact, get out. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I, I've been reading this book called The Power of Kindness, and they talk about psychopaths. He he talks to this one guy who went and studied psychopaths in prisons and actually found, like, he did, like, groundbreaking studies on psychopathy and what it looks like. And the guy who he's talking to, um, he, this professional or whatever, who's he published a book called The Psychopath Emotion in the Brain in 2005 and he says we believe that the amygdala amygdala in function is functioning atypically from an early age in individuals with psychopathy furthermore we believe it is this problem in amygdala functioning that leads to the psychopathic individual's impairment in emotional learning we believe that this impairment in emotional learning is at the root of psychopathy and then it goes on um he led a study with 121 inmates with varying degrees of psychopathy at a medium security prison in the u.s the inmates were shown close-up images depicting a painful mishap, such as a finger caught in a door and a doe caught under a heavy object. The inmates were asked to imagine being the per- person experiencing the mishap-, mishap. Then they were also asked to imagine it happening to someone else. Their brains were scanned with an F- MRI. 
When those inmates with the highest scores for psychopathy imagine their own pain, the regions of the brain involved in empathy, including the right amygdala, anterior and whatever, the brain parts, <laughs> lit up. If anything, psychopaths are more sensitive than non-psychopaths to the mere thought of being in pain themselves. But when the same inmates were asked to imagine the pain in others, the same regions failed to light up in their scans. Disturbingly, these psychopathic inmates showed increased activity in a region of the brain called the ventral striatum. Sorry, people who know brain stuff. An area known to be active when feeling pleasure. That finding raises the possibility that psychopaths enjoy imagining pain inflicted on others. So this guy's whole point is like their brains, like you must feel empathy for them because this isn't their fault in some, like their brains are wired to feel heightened pain yeah. at their own, but like pleasure at someone else's. And like, that's just your brain. Like, yeah. It's, 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 it's like, and there was another thing that Angelo was talking about in, in a talk that I, that I read of his and he said, it's just what they do. Right. It's like, because the normal question is that when you ask somebody, he's like, why would anybody do this? You go, why mm -hmm. does a dog bark? Why does a cat yeah. meow? It's just what they do, man. So you need to get past like trying to look at the why and we got to try to find a reason to, you know, find some other means of administering therapy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's the biggest, like, once you get that, like, this is just the same way, like, I'm really bad at, like, when I get a mosquito bite, I'm bad at not itching it. Like, yeah. I just, I feel really, leaf when i itch like a yeah. mosquito bite and i'm really bad at like you know controlling myself in that way yeah. same way it is for them like it's not like a going outside their comfort zone it very much is just like this is a pleasure thing yeah so then if my guess is if they're being talked to like it's like this you know i don't know i feel like they i feel like i'm sure that the therapy for that kind of stuff is approached from the perspective of, hey, we know this is an urge, mm -hmm. like which is why things like brain scans would happen and all that stuff to break it down past just like, I don't know, a couple centuries ago where it's like, oh, you're a witch. Yeah. <laughs> Burn them, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Um, another thing, and, and I was very fascinated by, you know, the work by this particular uh, psychiatrist, and he talks about, a lot about how when they admit, admit new patients into the into the clinic, um, they they often advocate for doing um, polygraph tests um, at least once a year, right? Now, being capable manipulators and, you know, to the point of almost personal delusion, you would think that there's really nothing a polygraph test can, you know, can do in this situation. <clears throat> but the power of this polygraph test is they often want to observe what's happening before and after they actually take the polygraph test, um, they, you know, after you do a polygraph, you might be a little bit anxious for the results. You might uh, feel maybe really good about the results beforehand. You may be doing some kind of breathing technique or something like that. And this is obviously what uh, it's almost in. And what I'm trying to get the point I'm trying to get across is when it comes to studying uh, psychopathic behavior, oftentimes the tell is in looking at the behavior that they don't know that they're doing right? The facial expressions that they make. And um, I, I think you referenced uh, something like this earlier. When uh, you would interview a psychopath and ask him empathetic questions, you would look at his face, right? And he would 
in a way he would be <clears throat> he would be telling you a sad story or that yeah my mom totally did this to me or my dad totally did this to me but if you look at his face he's you know it's they don't feel there's it. really nothing there they have to think about it and then do it yeah you know and, they have and to put it on yeah it's yeah it's a show i think that we should get to the goodies. We should of get why to the, the goodies. Are here. Of what? <laughs> Let's tell our murderer stories. Um, all right. Now that we've diagnosed why these people are so messed up, yeah. Let's talk about what they did that's messed up. <laughs> okay. Um, start us off. Okay. I have a really freaky one, and I'm taking us back into history. So there's this lady called. The Dracula Countess. She is from 1610. Yeah. She's a Hungarian countess. And she comes from this family that's like really well off. Um, they're just like very wealthy. So she has these high ranking relatives. And um, one of them. So one of them, her uncle, instructed her in Satanism since she was a kid. And then her aunt taught her all about sadomasochism. And at the age of 15, she was married to a count. They set up their castle. And to please his wife, her husband reportedly built a torture chamber to her specifications. So then what she would do, okay, this lady in 1610, this is like one of the first reported serial killers. Yeah. She would go into villages and she would tell these villagers, Oh, your daughter should come work for me. She'll be one of my like waiting ladies or whatever they're called. And then these young girls, she would take them into this prison chamber and she would use pins and needles under their fingernails or she would tie them down, smear them with honey and leave them to be attacked by bees or ants. Um, It's believed that the husband may have like helped control some of her impulses because when he died, they became so much worse um, she would abduct the peasant girls and torture and kill them. She would bite off chunks of flesh from her victims. And one girl was even forced to cook and eat her own flesh. So this is some like Game of Thrones shit, okay? Yeah. Um, she believed, this girl, Bathory, that human blood would keep her looking young and healthy. Um, so tell like forever, she just didn't go punished because her family was so powerful. But then when they kind of like started losing power. She got punished because she started torturing and abducting nobles, children. Yeah. So, um, in January, 1611, Bathory and her cohorts were put on trial for 80 counts of murder. All were convicted, but only Bathory escaped execution. Instead, she was confined to a room of the castle that only had slits for air and food. She survived for three years, but was found dead in August, 1614. Yeah. Wait, so they had the option to kill her and they chose to just make her go through that punishment? Yeah, I guess because she just came from wealth and power. I kind of like that more than like just, you know what I mean? Like just a slow, painful, (laughs) like decay where you just go crazy. Yeah. Just for how like horrible that is to do to people's children yeah i because she did die eventually it's not like she got out on whatever yeah i do you guess feel in bad the moment for her that like she was in some ways kind of like trained to be this way uh 
yes, I guess this, you know, if you look hard enough, there's always a place for empathy, but <laughs> like that's also just like if you look at it ob- objectively, fam. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. You've been evicted from life. Yeah. <laughs> Leave. Yeah. <laughs> so out crazy. Yeah. yeah. Can you believe that like people were per- like permitting this behavior around her? Like like can you imagine like having dinner with your sister? Like this is your sister who's like this and you know she does this and you're just eating together and she's just jovial murderer of vulnerable people that's the thing is when you start talk about oh she believed that the blood would make her you know young or whatever blah blah that kind of when it i feel like it's one thing to do it and just know you're doing some messed up stuff it's another thing to convince yourself there's some like greater good yeah like it's also when i think about sort of the social collective consciousness of the 1600s mm-hmm uh yeah i definitely i don't know if it puts things in perspective like if you just imagine living in the 1600s and uh just what people believed like in Uh, terms of the class system yeah class system and like just that culture to itself right you can see how you know the murders we see in the in the west like it's a different like story they tell compared to like sort of i'm interested to hear more about your stories to see I could probably how they see, classify them and how they progress. Yeah. So let's let's see. Okay. Next story. I got one. <laughs> uh, this this one's pretty famous. He uh, they featured him on. Anybody here seen Mine Hunters on Netflix? Yeah. Yeah. You've you've seen the whole thing. Yeah, it's a good show. Damn right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Ed Kemper, mm-hmm. the co-ed killer, aka the six foot nine killer. Woof. Um, yeah. You don't was, stand a chance. He was a massive dude, big ass. He looked like a bear. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um. Yeah, Sorry, you said Ed Kemper. Ed Kemper. Oh yeah, yeah. The person yeah. who I named at the beginning of the show was definitely the wrong person. Yeah, I, I didn't say. I think I said Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if anyone listening, Ted Bundy is not a. It's not a. It's not a murderer. Yeah. Murderer. Okay. <laughs> Ted, Ted Bundy is a murderer. No, he oh, is. He too. Is? Okay. Yeah. 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 Never mind. Both of them. Both of them are. Yeah. It can okay. be both. Classmates. Yeah. <laughs> it's interchangeable at this point, as long as you don't go into detail. Um, but yeah, six foot nine. He didn't just look menacing. He had an IQ of 145. Incredibly intelligent. And like, that you know, even, even when you watch... You can't uh, be big and smart well, and a killer. Like, the, you're screwed. Like, at that point, <laughs> you're the prey. You know, but he looks, he looks... He's not the kind of dude that I feel like he'd be sitting at a bar like... You know, what makes Ted Bundy pretty frightening was the fact that he was handsome and he was you know, very socially aware. So even though he lacked empathy, he can do all the moves and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like we were talking about. But, um, yeah, he he was a necrophiliac. He, he would mutilate people. He would decapitate them. Jeez. He would have sex with their heads. He would have sex with their decapitated bodies. Um, I'm trying to pull up the facts here to see how many people he killed in total. Um but like, here's a weird fact: he would take their heads and bring them back to his house. Ugh! Damn! <laughs> Yikes! I can't think of, but like, uh, probably his his worst. Uh, um, oh no! Okay, his first murder. What do you think about this? Is that he was he was 15 years old and he was having an argument with his grandmother. That's too young. That's way too young. She pissed him off, and uh, so he went into his room and got his rifle that his grandpa had got him for hunting. Okay. Yeah, his grandpa got him a rifle for hunting purposes. 
didn't think that. You know, what if what if he goes rogue and just starts shooting people? But like I guess we never really think about that mm-hmm. <laughs> when we get kids. When we guns. buy kids guns, <laughs> right. that's yeah. just not a thing yeah. that happens. <laughs> uh, shot her twice uh, in the head. Shot her in the body. There's even like uh, theories that there were stab wounds on the body as well. So not mm. only did he shoot her dead, he stabbed her a bunch of times too. Then uh, the grandma comes home. Uh, the grandpa comes home from grocery shopping. Um, he he claims that he shot the grandpa because um, he didn't uh, he didn't want him to see his dead wife. <laughs> so in fact, Ooh. it was quite selfless. <laughs> Weird, shot like his that. grandpa dead too, um, and he was institutionalized because you know of all the interviews they done and questioning that they did of him, they could see that yeah, this is a very the tr- clearly this is a troubled person if you take into account his childhood, his uh, abusive and alcoholic. Uh, father and his mother who was perhaps the most emotionally abusive person there's a story that because he was young he had a tendency to um uh, abuse animals and stuff like this Mm -hmm. so his his mother was very afraid of him you know what do you do when you have like a eight-year-old boy who's doing this stuff like i don't know what i mean a hospital (laughs) church church or something nigerian church Um, specifically what they what she did is that she would lock him in the basement for days (gasps) For days. Okay, you're just setting up a murder. You're just that like, you're just marinating. What are you yeah. doing? How you know? to marinate a serial yeah. killer. How so to really. I think what somebody like Ed Kemper would show us, and this is something that they talked about on Mindhunters as well, is um, on, on a certain level, we, we need to be able to be open to the fact of, instead of asking why is this person a serial killer, it's how the hell couldn't this person be a serial killer if you account for all the things that they did. Yeah, um, even people, that is yeah weird. Well, they yeah. go into research too about how people like this research that I was just previously talking about. Um, he doesn't describe people necessarily as psychopaths. Well, he does, but he also says how they're rated as psychopaths is he describes them as callous, and people who are callous, depending on whether they grow up in impoverished yeah. settings versus like wealthy families with like love, um they will turn out completely different. Yeah. Man. And he actually targets children who display callous behaviors so that maybe they can get a chance to not kill people. Jeez. So are you saying there's a high probability if you're callous and in impoverished areas that you would turn out as according uh, to him, yes. Okay. I see. Mm. That's uh, a f- weird way to like reverse like the uh what was that movie where they try to find people before they commit a crime? Yeah, a lot of them. Which uh, ones? Just, was, was it like Will kid. Smith or Tom Cruise? I can't remember. I can't remember. Uh, it's literally it's it took like my time. latent sort of like criminality, pre- right? Premeditated, yeah. premeditated murder where there were yeah. three kids who could see the future and they were in the, in no. the tank. Not that one? No. Okay. The, for some reason, I remember that one too. Super weird. Okay, I guess there's a, there's a lot of movies about <laughs> okay, that. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, where it's like... So instead of, you know, looking, I guess it it would be weird if there was some kind of study where like you find out you're on this list where you're being watched yeah. and there's a chance because people, because these scientists think there might be a chance you might be a serial killer. Kind of society and then you're like, like a totally normal kid. Like maybe you did have a rough childhood and you had like an abusive mom, but. You know, you totally turned your life around, but then you find out like you are on the same 
sheet of paper as mm-hmm. Ted Bundy. Yeah. Oh my god. And you're like, oh, it's like <laughs> what? because you have the potential to yeah to snap right because like you said that uh person asked mm-hmm. not how did they become a serial killer but. Mm-hmm. How could they not? No, a dude. Killer? Even I, I, I didn't read this book, but I just read like the back of it. I was in chapters. Okay, sorry. Um, but it, the book is something titled along the lines of like I should have been born a serial killer or something. Anyways, he is like a doctor, lives a super normal life with his family, and then does some research and finds out there's psychopaths in his history and serial killers. And then he does some testing of himself, and his brain shows psychopathic and callous tendencies. And he's like shocked. Like he's like, I'm a doctor. Like, yeah, I help that's what people. I'm saying. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like it's weird where the the science and all the provables, where that fork in the road is between that and the actual reality of psychopathy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's brewing the right conditions. Yeah. Okay. Speaking next story. Of- the Such. right psychopathic conditions. Yeah. Oh. I mean, there's. I mean, do you guys want to talk about like why he's a necrophile in the first place? Like, I feel like we Sorry? kind of danced over that. Like, you know, like, <laughs> it was like I mean, he kills people, and yet he finds the need to like rape them. You know, after just, he's I killed just, them and their heads. And stuff. I just. I and mean, then I, you guys I were just like, like yep, neurological you know, move. <laughs> yeah, yeah, how do you break that one down? To like. No game pleasure and like other no games. no no. First, yeah. he obviously is somebody that has a, a weird understanding of a, a sexual concept, right? Let us break it down. Yeah, okay. since <laughs> you want to. Okay, so we talked about people who, when they see others in pain, right, they get off. Like you know, they it brings uh, pleasure. It brings to them ple- ple- pleasure. Or whatever that part of the brain was. What if there is like. You still have that same thing where you just, I guess, like, if I'm thinking about it in this 15-year-old boy's case, yeah. it's like something Sorry, he was, was... He was, he was 15 when he, when he committed his first when he killings. Killed he killed his, his grandma, and grandma, grandma and grandpa. He was institutionalized okay. and then he was released Sorry, at 21. Yeah. yeah. So at 15, where it might not have been like, oh, I would love to see this person go through pain... Because I think you said the grandma was doing something he didn't like. Uh, they just got in a verbal argument. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it was more so like, okay, this weird thing happens. And then only way he knows how to handle it is just, I could just kill this person with no remorse yeah. for life or death. Mm-hmm. Now, post-death, that rush could then come. Mm-hmm. And then he decides to act on it. Okay, I actually have a psychopath talking about this. Well, you pointed to me when you said no. I'm I'm pointing to you because (laughs) what you're about to say, you're about to make okay, like an assumption about. But I, I, I have a killer who talks about it. So when I was in grade twelve, we I took psychology, and we had to do a study on um, a killer, which was a horrible assignment because I had to spend like. 40 to 60 hours just researching this one psychopath serial killer. His name was Dennis something. And he was the BTK killer, bind, torture, kill. He lived in Wichita and Wichita, however you say it in the States. And he was a Lutheran man and he had his family. He had a couple kids. He became like a minister in his church, but behind the scenes, he would follow young girls and kill them. 
and his whole thing like when he got caught and he did it a bunch of times and he he also like got off on the chase and he would like send he ended up getting caught because he um put like a damning letter where he, what he sent to the police because like he was so proud like you'll never catch me blah 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 and that's how they caught him and what he would do is he would break in bind them torture them kill them and then rape them and the worst one was when he broke in and then to a, a house and killed a family mm. and did this and when he was caught they like it was like why why are you like because they would find semen at the scenes and he was like i never had sex with them while they were alive and they were like why do you feel like that's like a good thing like a defense point and he felt like since like i don't know because he was lutheran or something weird he just felt like oh like i didn't like take advantage of them while they were living and then he did that while they were dead but he got off so much on the pleasure of killing them like that was just such a heightened huge it's it's such a common thing and it made him he would like masturbate after they were dead yeah because it was just so heightened so weird sense of pleasure so crazy one more so we're talking right now about serial killing being foreplay oh pretty much absolutely I mean, that's kind of fucked. There's one more theory. Yikes. Kemper, um, because he was so huge and looked like Sasquatch, maybe he just thought that, you know, he the fear of rejection mm-hmm. would make him feel sexually inadequate. Because when you've already kidnapped the girl and she's there, right, I'm sure, you know, he could have done it then. Mm-hmm. So why did he feel like he had? Because I think even the rejection would be jarring for him too, right. psychologically. Yeah. Screaming the no, 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 you know, that that might That's even true. lead him to, to snap in a different way. So it's it's perhaps it's almost necessary for him, for them to be dead before he can even proceed. Um, but yeah, this is getting pretty gross. Um, on to Jay's... The next killer? The next killer on the <laughs> Okay, lineup. well, we're going to switch to a <laughs> female. Damn, man. Again. Oh, I'm sorry, Yanu. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I did lots is... of females, and they didn't masturbate about it, so... Um, I don't know what that says, but... <laughs> I have two really good ones. I'm deciding which one to start That's with. That's actually way too funny. Like, my killers didn't masturbate. <laughs> yeah. My top five? My starting lineup didn't sexualize killing people. Um, this one, her name's Nanny Doss. She's a really famous killer. She was born in 1905, and her killing name pseudonym is the giggling granny so just get that in your head every picture you see of her she's smiling with her friends okay i'm not gonna google that picture by the way it's really interesting (laughs) she had four kids and then all of a sudden two die back to back of poisoning and her husband is like peace takes the two kids and leaves so she's like huh you know i got a little taste for this this is kind of fun so yeah go ahead I got a little taste for this, as in she killed her own kids. So she <laughs> marries again. This is her second husband. I'm confused, uh, too. <laughs> magically, he dies. Uh, the money that she gets from his life insurance, she buys a house and land with this insurance money. And she's like, mm, this tastes really good now. So now she goes on to reunite with this daughter that, you know, she was he, she was taken away when the husband left mm. and the daughter now has a kid and she's reconnecting with her mom. And she's like, mom, can mm. you watch my no. kid? No, uh, no he sir. dies three days later. Oh my. 
God. And this is when it really gets worse. So she marries again. This is her third husband. He dies that year. Who the hell keeps marrying her after like your last couple husbands died? Yeah. Sure. I think you stay away from that one. Her right. mom. What what year was this? Sorry. Uh, this I think it was like in the 40s. Uh, maybe 40s? later, later than that. 50s, oh, it's just 60s. like pre-Facebook. Yeah. I was like, okay, <laughs> what the hell? She was born in 1905. 1905? This is a so widower. This is, well, she would have been a grandma by divorced. now. divorced. She would have been a grandma husbands by now. So this would have been like, like the 50s. 60s. You couldn't Both check die. You couldn't check the stats. <laughs> um, so she goes crazy. She gets her third husband. He dies that year. Her mom breaks her hip. She goes, Don't worry, mom, I'll take care of you. The mom dies. Um, she visits her sisters in two different towns that year. They both die. Um, so then she gets her fourth husband. He dies a couple months later. Fifth husband, he dies a couple months later. Finally, at this point, like if you're the fifth husband dying, like right? it's your fault. Like <laughs> she's probably moving states. Like her this infamous is not line. State. Yeah, her infamous, or was it was it her? Or someone else? I don't want to say this if it wasn't her. I think it was her. I'm gonna say this even if it was another killer. It's a pretty iconic line when she was at one of the weddings. Um, there was so much food, and she's like. Oh, don't worry. Keep it. It'll probably be fresh in time for his funeral. So if I, yeah, everyone's looking at me speechless right now. Uh, yeah, so, I, I was really like, you know, trying to have more back and forth here, but I'm just really freaked yeah, out right it's, now. It's okay. keep going. Uh, keep so going. finally, they find in the autopsy there's enough rat poison in this fifth husband who's dead to mm -hmm. kill twenty men. They sentence her to life in prison, and in an interview later, they ask why she did it. Was it for the money? And she goes, money? No, I was just bored. Yes. And that's the giggling granny. So Okay, so... It's, it's weird because, like, I don't, like trying to find a little bit of psychology here as to, to why she would, well, I think would do those things. That's the thing is, in some cases, it is just pure... Well, we don't know her childhood. Yeah, yeah. Right, so... There's that. Mm -hmm. uh, but in terms of the actual act, in some cases, it is just pure mm -hmm. psychopathy. I, I Like, I, if you just take the act, like mm -hmm. you take the yeah. childhood out of it and just the act of it, yeah. it is no, no, just... No, no, I, I agree with you if it happened once. The fact that she continues to do it over and over again means that there is some kind of mental disorder going on yeah p.s she poisoned them all she poisoned is. them all with arsenic yeah. like if she did it one time i would agree with you it's like yeah she just did it you know no, like, no, no, she doesn't no, need no. a reason for it no no i'm yeah. saying the reason mm -hmm. is purely psychopathy oh, because okay. she did it so many times yeah because like <clears throat> you do something once and then you're like oh shit yeah maybe i thought i would have whatever mm -hmm. and you don't and you try to or you even just live in guilt yeah but, like, to do that over and over and over again, the craziest part is, like, just how many times it had to happen. And DT brings up a good point, which is just because of the time. Yeah. You really could just, like, relocate to a new place where no one knows you. Knows you. An hour away, you yeah. know what I mean? Like not like a trip across town. Yeah, change your name. But it's like at some point, yeah. like. Well, I guess too, when you're the sister and you're watching all these husbands die, and now your sister's coming to visit you. Well, if I mean, 
bad things happen to people too. Is it then? Is we're looking at this context, we're looking at the story in context of her. Yeah. But her husband's all die. Her that makes it dies, even more die? like mm-hmm. fucked up. Is the fact that if it's two of her literally of people poison, it's close to easy. her. Yeah. Yeah. Like she could just. Yeah, she wasn't killing randoms. Yeah, she, she was could killing just, relatives. She could just kill men. No, she says, "I will only kill you if you marry me." Yeah. That's fucked up. <laughs> and that gives you like. You know, like for the sister, yes, like if your sister's husbands mm-hmm. keep dying and kids, yeah, Nigeria will call that a curse. Yeah, you know what I mean. In, like in any culture, you call that a curse. Yeah, <laughs> but, but but you don't think it's her because it's like it, it's like don't make it like it, there's no way she would make it that obvious. You know what I mean? How like, good a how good an actor is she? How much exactly, of, how much I mean? of a sociopath, a, a psychopath is yeah. she? Does yeah. she cry every time? Like, does she feel like why does this how, keep happening to me? How There's a way sad she can are act you that you wouldn't blame the funerals? Yeah. How, how happy are you at the weddings? <laughs> yeah, because that's because mm. we can break it down even further. Where it's like, oh, all of this she is just. She did in photos. I don't know, but in photos, mm-hmm. she did look pretty interpersonal. Because the thing is, like, if there's, like, just some aspect of, like, of also, like, bipolar, yeah, some kind of like personality disorder, yeah, yeah. where it's, like, in one world, she could be doing all of this just, and then just being, like, oh, I know I'm going to be able to kill this person one, one day. Like, she's too lazy to go out on planet. She just wants to, like, lay up, kill. You know what I mean? Of like husband <laughs> at, at home, kid at home, oh my God. at home. Yeah. Like she just wants oh to ease the kid. Or she's actually like genuinely in love and happy on her wedding day. Yeah. Genuinely bored two months mm. later and yeah. kills. Genuinely happy with her sister's kids. Genuinely bored. Like just, you know what I mean? Where yeah. like it could be, oh, she's not a good actor. So she's just psychotic. living her truth. Like, <laughs> living her truth. Whoa, yeah, like, what an attack on millennials. Well like, well, like, that's why you can't even do, like, a polygraph test or anything like yeah. that. It would be like, well, she fessed up to the killings. Believe, well, she like, totally fessed up to them when they asked. She's like, yeah, I've been yeah, killing them all. What do you mean? Probably, yeah. She was like, yeah. Yeah, that's that what I think would be interesting to yeah. know is, like, was she acting? Yeah. Like, to what extent was this just, like... This is me. Yeah. This is real. Okay. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be now. All right. Now it's a personal attack on millennials. I'm going to let the blood. (laughs) Oh, stop. Oh, man. (laughs) Um, Dilapo, say something. So to my, this man, I, I have nothing to say. I don't want to get sued by Disney. Like, if your brain makes associations where, you know, from pleasure or like where you, like, if, if, you're just so fucked up where your your sense of when you feel displeasure, the way you're just wired is, yeah. well, I have to kill. Yeah. Like, like, oh, well, there I go killing again. It's it's like, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not, oh, this is not Johnny killing no again. Like, it's uh. like, it's, it's a line from like, from like a Rick and Morty show. I'm just like, oh. yeah, like. Giggling okay, granny episode, slays, like, I guess. Like, <laughs> I, I, okay. It's like, I don't know. Think of like Batman. And, like, how easy it would have been for him to, like, not be a hero, you know, given what happened to him. Yeah. Right. And that's what I'm just trying to 
Like if he was a Joker figure, even he's the Joker. Has anybody seen the Joker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, We loved it. Jesus, and like, uh, I don't want this episode to be about empathy towards them. It's, it's. I mean, but it is if you consider everything that happens to them, and they are some stuff that happened to, to, like I said, Joker in that film. He gets beat up, you know, in the train by a bunch of nobodies. There is always room for empathy, and and it's just like, damn, man. Sorry, yeah, but what do you think? You know, the the more I'm like hearing all the stories i'm just waiting dying to hear more like the more i'm just getting like, <laughs> like hold on i, I, I like, know poverty is the real enemy here whoa because i'm not even joking because the way i see it is like but what about people, this countess who had all this money and power and she gets off on oh ted bundy was doing okay right around the time he started grew up poor but he was okay when he started or or maybe <laughs> For the theory you're trying to make, Delac, well, it's just the poor people that got caught. Oh. <laughs> do, you, do you mean oh. that there is some rich dude somewhere who has Ed like Kemper a Kemper turned chamber. himself in. You know what I mean? Like, don't, like don't whatever thread you're trying to pull. Yeah. Like, he's finally got Epstein. <laughs> like what other Epsteins were there? We don't know. Yeah, about. maybe they're false positives. Maybe because they're people the in the system is we don't know about. The uh, first, yeah, the first story Jay t- told was... She just, you know, kept rocking until she killed the wrong person. Like, because she was yeah. well connected and well, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I think, like, this stuff spans just everything and everyone. It's just a matter of, like, All right. what's the sample, you know? What's in the bag? Let's roll through this. Next story. Yeah, let's go, Toby. <laughs> <laughs> next story? My next one's Must pretty good, Must be great too. to just sit there and have stories <laughs> oh yes, man! This is awesome. That's the again. We are we are playing the part of like we could either get really deep and get really sad, or yeah. we can laugh through all this really shitty things. Because well, I'm not trying to like, you know, what I mean, dig deep and get all yeah. Well, if you're saying that, make a disclaimer for the audience because obviously we recognize. Like, while we can talk about these objectively, these are really horrible, sad things that happen. Yes. But we're just not we have, going that narrative. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, just there, to, yeah. to clarify again, there's a stories, Halloween, freaky stories, serial killers. Yeah. yeah. And we are... There's a very good time sharing and place these to stories. grieve about these. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of, you want a funny one, mm-hmm. the next guy was actually a clown. That's what he did as his job. And he... He was, he was called Pogo the wow, Clown. good segue. Entertainer? Yeah. You know. Good segue from Joker. I like that. Oh. His right? real name is John Wayne Gacy. And I remember in, in Like you're just going to be a serial killer when that's your name. Yeah, I was talking to Jay about yeah. it. And she goes, oh yeah, of course his name is John Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> Tough. Sorry, John I, Wayne, I the not... Pogo Clown that kills people? Duh. Okay. Like, <laughs> wow, shocking headline. I mean, like, what way to blend into the background and to be like the guy who like performs at like every kid's birthday party? Yeah, happy. Bring he happiness. was well liked in his community. He was well loved. He was respected, and uh, it says here that he went on to kill about thirty three young boys oh, under boys? the radar. My yeah, yeah, he was, he God. was, yeah. We we don't discriminate here. Okay. <laughs> um, and yeah, he killed them all under using his alter ego, Pogo the Clown, and uh, and yeah. So no one put together that this was like happening at the parties that he was working um, at. Well, like of, thirty like, parties later, an aspect of what he would do is that he would, and he didn't just kill like. 
small children. He killed, of course, older boys as well, like boys that were around 16 or 17. Whoa. And he would tell them that, like, I have a construction company. This is like it, hey? Yeah. I, kind of. Yeah, but just the whole, like, I wonder if any of these scary clown things have been built off of this guy. Like, I wonder <laughs> if he... Well, which came first? Actually, when did this happen? Uh, let's Do you see, have between a between 1972 and 1978. Right, Kachigo, right. he, he had a construction company. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he would say that I have a construction company. If you mm-hmm. want a job, why don't you come to my place mm. and I'll give you an interview. I live just down the street. They would come and then he would proceed to torture them, oh, he the would rape them, and uh, Holy all cow. sorts of stuff like that. Um, but like, if if we go into his psychological profile, of mm-hmm. course, his dad was a drunkard. Yeah. His mom wasn't around. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, he was gay, living in the seventies, and growing up gay, it's a hard life. Mm-hmm. Stuff is gonna happen to you. But I think you know, as much as we're trying to say, like, okay, we got to consider what how uh. such people are incubated. There's a lot of people with drunk dads. There's a lot of people that are gay. Not all of them put on clown makeup and start killing young boys in the community. Well, this is why <laughs> the these are outliers and have a class of their own and you know yeah got the term coined serial killers yeah um but yeah eventually he won too many boys you know and eventually some mom is gonna be like yo little timmy said that he was going to to Mm -hmm. good old gacy's house you know where's my kid (laughs) you know like he didn't come back home that's exactly what happened when mom reported that her son was seen with gacy Mm -hmm. entered his house for a job interview and hasn't returned in like two days wow searched his house found a lot of clothes there that don't fit Mm. an old pudgy man Mm. (laughs) how did did he get uh, rid of the bodies they were able to convict him that way yeah do you know how he got rid of the bodies um doesn't say anything here but i can only assume like uh chop them up and yeah, I, I want to know. Or something like that. Even that, bro. Like, we are here just saying chop them up. Like, right. g- how? Sway? Like, like, is it like, you know, okay. Oh, no, no, I no. They encountered the countless buried it. bodies in, in his backyard. Okay, And yeah. also in the river nearby. Yeah, because that's the thing. Yeah. You did like, chop them up, though, too. <laughs> right, wow, like, I mean, the human body is different, it's most likely bro. like jo- joints, right? Like, if you get a hacksaw, you could like... Sorry. Don't want to go there. <laughs> All right, never mind. Don't want to go now, there. That before is his execution, rough. 1994. Uh huh. Um, he oh, made a, he made a series of clown paintings um, of his Shut alter ego, up. Pogo the Clown, and they sold for bank outside. <gasps> and if I can sort of pull it up here, I know things that would never fly in 2020. A, here's an original Gacy, everybody, of oh. his alter ego, Pogo the Clown. Yeah, it was pretty messed up. <laughs> Wait, and who got the money? Because he was in jail at the time, right? When he painted those, or no? Um, I assume that it was the prison, maybe a prison auction or something like that. Wait, that's crazy. Oh, it's not the like. And yeah, oh, he was Lord. pretty messed up. There's so many rules. Like I was just reading about. There's been a lot of awareness and rules brought from like the American psychiatry. I don't know something with. Association. Psychology Association. Um, APA? Yeah, they've put out guidelines now about how the press can report on these things. And even anyone with any kind of mental illness, like there's specific words you can use. Because I was reading about like with Britney Spears and stuff and people calling her like psychotic episodes or whatever, like breakdowns, meltdowns, crazy girl. And like the way that we can talk about these things now is so different. Like I wonder what the ramifications would be in society if there was a murderer like this and then they were selling his art 
and um, people bought it for thousands of well, dollars. Well, like I, I think, like, and this is something that I I was gonna bring up is that we have to understand what our fascination is with with people like this. Uh, like, oftentimes, even Ed, you know, Ed Kemper, mm-hmm. there's women that send him fan mail and stuff like this. Yeah, there's, well, a, whole, even Ted Bundy. there's a whole economy that can be built That's around different. people right. like this. I mean, they're, they're there fascinated is the... by what they do. You know why they do it. That's some people difference. hope they might even do it to them. We can, well, okay. Yeah. Lost some fact there. <laughs> we can break the you fascination, pay $1, though. By Ed Absolutely not. <laughs> we can break up the fascinations, though, into different buckets because they are women who get, who want to and wait in line to marry serial killers. And that is one bag of you know uh just interest in these people they like are those women probably need therapy too yeah you know what i mean uh and uh and then there are people who are just into it because it's just like i can't understand how i can view the world as such a good place mm-hmm. and people like this can exist right yeah. and then there are people that attack it from a brain perspective like what, like what happened? How did this happen? And there are people that think about it as spiritual, and there are people that look, and there are people that look at it as like, I have way too many things in common with these serial killers, like you said with that doctor, where it's like, what again? What was that fork in the road? Yeah, where he talked about his dad had the same story, mom same story. Uh, foster care, same story. Foster yeah. parents, same story. Mm-hmm. Now I'm a doctor with kids and I'm totally cool. And he went this way. You know what I mean? So there's different levels of fascination. Mm-hmm. And it can't just all be jumped up as like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's kind of different levels to it. My my fascination, I'll speak for myself, is definitely on the path of like just this idea of your brain, like neurologically. Which is what, yeah. Where like if this thing gives you pleasure, mm-hmm. because I have a hard, t- like I I have a hard time with self-control when it comes to certain things. And then with <laughs> all, Sorry, other things. Sorry, as soon things, as you say that, I'm like hard with self-control, like killing people. Like, yeah, yeah, right. It's right. just but such that's a thing, different, it's a, like it's just so vast. But that's like, been, it's so different. And then with other things, like, oh, like people might say, oh man, Iana, like you're really good at, self-control with you know with chocolate yeah but juliana will probably laugh because she knows like i don't really like chocolate so it's not really i'm not really you know exercising exercising a lot of self-control but it just seems that way and i wonder if it's that way too for like it's just weird to think about because for serial killers or people that get up on killing that's their thing they're like they're looking at us like wow like you guys are really strong for resisting the urge to kill people yeah and I'm here like, it's, it's, nope, I, think nah, it, I didn't I really mean, try that hard this but, morning. But uh, the other thing that I didn't say, this guy who, who studies psychopathy, he says that psychopathy can be, is really almost indistinguishable from just like elevated narcissism. Like people who are psychopaths are extremely narcissistic. He's like, there, you can't even really separate that. And as much as it's like a self-control thing, it's also more of like a, inflated sense of self and performance and they like it, it's bigger and that's why these people get caught a lot is because 
it's it's their performance pieces they they feel like they're achieving or they're getting away or they're whatever like they're so amazing they did this thing no one else knows about they like and they're living with that so i don't know if it's self-control as much as like i I don't know what how you would describe that yeah it's it's an illness right it is you know in the in the the beginning earlier we talked a lot about how uh, like they think they're better than you they weren't they wouldn't look at you and think like oh they're practicing self-control they'd be like they're just not i think i I think i think that that's way too pessimistic of a look in my opinion well that's what this guy says yeah i think it it's like when you understand that this person does not have the capacity to look at the world in the normal way that you that you and i enjoy as in it's it's empathy that makes you not do things, you know, and you feel mm-hmm. for people and it's, so you don't do them, right? So when that piece of the puzzle is missing, you know, it's on a certain level, it's weird. But it's like, do we blame them? Especially those with, with a deep-seated kind of, I mean, some of them are just messed up. Like I'm reading something right here about Rudolf Pleel, who was mm-hmm. a German serial killer in the 60s. And they asked him a question, um, you know, about, you know, his killings. And he compared it. To a hobby. He says, you know, some people, you know, their passion is to play cards. My passion is to kill people, right? Some of it is just, well, have fun the rest of your life in jail, you you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then some of it is that you can see the person, you know, you crack a joke at them and they don't register that it's funny mm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or they're struggling to pretend to laugh. And it's mm-hmm. like, on a certain level, I feel bad. Is it wrong for me to no, feel like, no, damn, I, like I think it must suck to live your life that way? This guy yeah. even, I know I keep talking about him, but he says that like he feels immense empathy for these people because he sees them as exactly what you're saying, just brains that don't work like yours. Yeah. And they didn't get to choose that. Yeah, They just have these broken brains. Mm-hmm. So I think that you have empathy until it's your family member who's dead yeah. viciously. Uh-huh. And then there's, there's like, go to hell. Like the worst words you can say to another human being. It's okay. Think about it this way. Like a dog. Mm-hmm. Like imagine you have a dog that is, my dog kind of bites people sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been through some trauma, traumatic mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he chased down that little kid mm-hmm. and he ripped that kid to shreds. Yeah. Like, you don't, do you blame the, you know, it's like, it's a dog. It had a traumatic upbringing, you know, that kid was messing with it. And that's why it acted that way. Right? Well, not saying that psychopathic humans are like dogs, but I'm yeah. saying that this, the level of, of excuse Just that you give of, to something like yeah. that, you know, it's like, and I think, well, I think what it comes down to is there isn't, because I guess this feeling of like again one or the other. It's like, well, you you'll feel this, but if it was this way, then you would feel that. Yeah, and I feel like it is just bringing it back to real world if. Me hearing about this kind of stuff, I feel both. I feel the sympathy and I feel the, like, this is horrible. And then we move past that and bring it closer to home. And it's like, oh, like, what if that was someone, someone you know, close to you, whatever. I'll still feel the same way of, like, this person should be removed yeah, from, they're, they're from society. Yeah, they're harmful to society. They're harmful to society, like, mm-hmm. just based on... And yes, like it's like a defective who, and you can yeah, and you can yeah. ask like, oh, but who made these rules and whatever? It's like, well, like this is just the society we are living in. Like, yeah. if you want to feel safe in a society, the street, like, lock those people up. There yeah. might be civilizations where I get locked up or killed because I'm not savage enough, because I'm not a killer. 
because I'm yeah. too pussy. Yeah. Because I'm not a psychopath. Yeah. And that is not part of their social contract. So I'm a liability and they look at it a certain way. In the world we're living right now, just the social contract. Contract. Psychopathy has always been is, like, we got to get rid of this person somehow. We yeah. We know yeah. it's not their fault, but like, it makes it really hard for the rest of us to do what we're trying to do. Right, right. Well, so well, well, I mean, go over there. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, so I think that's just what it comes down to. It's like, bro, like this is where we're yeah. at. This is what we, you know, th- this is what we agreed on. And when someone is outside that, like the rule happens and, you know, the consequences happen. But you're absolutely right. There is where that empathy comes in is in like, how are we, how are these people being helped? Yeah. And the reason for that, and that's why these studies happen, is because, like, so I feel like these studies happen not to, like, you know, uh, make the victim's fam- family relieved of this or to relieve of that, but to try to figure out what the issue is. Mm-hmm. And one thing that is, again, if we discuss certain issues more, could certain people have been helped is kind of right. always the question. Yeah. And if you think this is uncomfortable to talk about, talk about pedophilia. Yeah. Which is something right? I feel like we don't even really try to. No, we never try you know, to. to yeah. It's hard to look at them. And it hundred percent, like kind of I humanity. already see, I've been saying this for a couple years and I'm seeing this starting to happen. Like I think in 10, in less than 10 years, like the conversation around that will be completely different. Mm-hmm. And those of us who are Whoa, he's growing up now are down. going to have to wrap our minds around the way our kids talk about like pedophil- mm-hmm. like like pedophiles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just this idea of like the mental stuff. It's like, man, like, yes, I get it. It's, I empathize. It's sad, you know, but I, sucks. but you don't get off because of it. Yeah. Unfortunately, like yeah. in this case, ignorance is not, yeah. or unawareness is not an excuse yeah. because yes, there are the people that do it and then gloat and then yeah. want to get, get caught. But they also, I'm sure are the people that just, Live their life and didn't get caught. And weren't cocky and yeah. just did it and died. Like, you know what I mean? So they doing the research again with the whole like question of not how did they become a psychopath, but instead how how couldn't they become a psychopath? Yeah. I feel like anyone in that study is on the side of like, man, let's try to figure out the kind of people that could become this way and try to help them and figure out ways we can help them before yeah. they hit that fork in the road, you know? Yeah. It's DT, what do you think? All right. It's it's when I'm, when you mention this, I think about the juvenile system, mm-hmm. like all these institutions that we've set up to be able to catch early stage intervention. You can sort of argue how effective the systems are doing their jobs. But yeah, it's it's kind of interesting to think about it that way and just go like Know, from a societal perspective, um, well, we know this is a problem, and so we're going to set up tools to try to intervene. Um, and I don't know some a, a, a kind of oh, I'll say sick thought I'm having is like oh, is there any way where you would want to like have the utility? Like if we just look at this from a utility perspective, like is there any place where like psychopaths would be very effective? Um, and like, how can you turn that effectiveness? Yeah. War. Like in my head, I was like, yeah, like, you know, 
Well, apart they from also war, are effective I was like, in, in like, like overturning governments. Like apart from war, I was like, okay, is there like any manipulative tasks? Like, I guess like you know spies. Like, well, I guess it, it oh would be actually that no 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 that you should watch Killing Eve. It's so good on uh Crave. what is it on on Crave? Honestly, Delapo, seriously, is, this is a huge plug. Anyone who's bored right now, go watch <laughs> Killing Eve. If you're oh bored of this gosh. podcast, yeah, yeah just turn like, off here and go watch Killing, Killing Eve. Eve. This but is amazing. Anyways, it's a show about exactly that. Just you know, a psychopath who is being used for a psychopathy to be a killer, but. That I see from a personal gain perspective. Yeah, I think it's a good thing you should utilize like, people. Like how the state like utilize, yeah, like, you know, psychopathy. But like for a crazy regular world type thing, like what what would that? Mm-hmm. Is there a place in the regular world for for regular society, not like you know the powers that be or whatever, but like for regular society <laughs> to use? I mean, there is a place for neurologically typical people. Yeah, yes. and and. Wow, it, I just got and could it be as seen as like encouraging the behavior? Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, like, I, think, I saw mm. an interview where this guy who's um, a psychopath, and he was probably in his early twenties. Like, it seems like he has a loving family because he went and got therapy, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm, I have antisocial, uh, whatever the thing is. I'm sorry, I'm sounding so stupid with these terms that I don't know." But he comes on and he gets interviewed by the guy and he goes, yeah, no, like I definitely when I'm in a room, I'm scanning for weaknesses. I take advantage of people. I I honestly don't care about these things, but I know how to pretend like I care. And he's like, like the guy asks him, should you ever should I ever trust you or someone who has this yeah. disorder? And he's like, no, you never should. This is how we are. But he's like, but there's room for us to like still be around people in ways that can be conducive but we do absolutely have to be monitored and you never can trust us but ever because we'll always go to our impulses i think like there was a study that said that one in four people are uh, psychopathic is it and like the the, mm. the, the fact is that this um, study that i said said as many as 12 percent 12 percent of the world <laughs> 12% of the world. Yeah. yeah. Because, yeah. because that's what I was reading too, that, like, that said uh, that there's a spectrum and there's like one in four can dis- display some kind that's of That's what I was going to say is I wonder what the media. spectrum, yeah. like if that's a spectrum conversation mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, certified mm-hmm. psycho. <laughs> well, actually it's only called 12%. the dark triad and you can get tested for Machiavellianism, psychopathy, and narcissism. And these three things. So maybe one in online, or I think so. Hmm. Um, But yeah, essentially, it tests you on these three things, and you can rate high in one, but maybe not another, or whatever. And I'm sure one in four people can rate high in these things. Sorry, it's it's one in four of the male population in prison. That makes way (laughs) more sense. (laughs) I'm like one in four in society. Tell me, was a little bit scary there for a second. I was like, like one of us in this room. There you go. <laughs> um, it's me. I know it's me. But like there are, there is the, there is the, you know, before we kind of get into Jay giving us her final Story. killer, um, Mine is there's really this good. idea of um, the high functioning psychopath, mm-hmm. meaning that they don't kill people because their supercomputer in their mind is worked out that that jail doesn't seem like a good place to be. Right. So I'm going to go about life. They don't, they still don't feel empathy. Right. Mm-hmm. And all, and I think, I want to say that we've all kind of know somebody that is just a little bit of an oddball and he's a nice guy, 
you know, but like he doesn't laugh the same way that everybody else laughs. And he's just a little bit, mm. he could just be a quiet person. But like I do, because that's an aspect of who I am. I am the guy that like when I'm talking to you, I look at where your eyes are going mm-hmm. and right. how much you smiled or how much you laughed. And, and I think that, yeah, there are people like that that just don't, they get to the same conclusion like mm-hmm. the rest of us that we should generally treat people nicely and not kill people. They just take a different roadmap to get there. Mm. And I think that's kind of interesting as well. It is. It definitely is. I'll finish this off with our last killer. This one is interesting. I'll be interested to hear what you have to say about it and whether you consider her a killer for the circumstance that she's in. So her name is Baba Anushka. Um, She Yes. She lived in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. Um, she's from Yugoslavia. This is Baba Nushka right here. She's wearing, she looks very Eastern European. Um, so she loved chemistry. Um, when she was older, her husband died and she turned her house into a laboratory so she could sell potions. And she just, she loved experimenting with new things. Sell potions, like love potions and stuff? So, you will find out. (laughs) Um, Girls in her village. I think this was at the beginning of World War I. And I'm sure this had to do with Russia, too, with all the political unrest in the early 20th century in Russia. Um, But the girls in her village would come to her and tell her that they didn't want their husbands going to war. So, Baba Anushka would make them a potion to give these to these girls and the girls would put it in their husband's food and it would make the husbands very, very sick. So they couldn't go to war. They wouldn't be useful in war. And that was pretty awesome for the girls. So then the girls were like, actually, we kind of like this. And you know what? Maybe I don't even like my husband in the first place. So they're like, Baba Anushka, give us something that can kill our husbands. Damn. And so Baba Anushka is... (laughs) she's like okay so she would give them a potion and they'd put in their husband's food and it would kill the husbands about eight days later it was reported that she would ask as code how heavy is the problem and then the girls would tell her the weight of their husband so that she knew how much poison to put in to kill them um So she was really successful in this. She actually would send out a sales agent into other towns and villages. And this agent would try and figure out, you know, where the marital problems were in the village and contact those wives. Uh, Where it finally went to shit for her was after a girl killed her husband, she remarries. And then she kills her new husband's rich uncle for the money. And then when the police come and ask her what's up, she's like, it was Baba Anushka and she ends up getting put in prison. She gets out a couple years later and lives to a hundred. Yeah. It's probably, well that, you know, that there's wasn't so many very, layers like, to this. You know? killer. She just seemed like a really economic no, 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 person. No, 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 no. She yeah. saw a need in the like, market. I don't know. Like, and then like addressed the market. She facilitated like <laughs> moving products. Oh, come didn't, didn't on. Didn't do anything. First of person. all, she didn't even do anything herself. She was pretty hands clean. Snitch. <laughs> she got snitched. She out got snitched by, you know, weak ass, a bitch ass client. Yeah. <laughs> but, fam, you're a killer. Yeah. If you, it's not like oh I gave it to them and they chose to put too much. No, you asked how heavy is the problem. Yeah. 
five to ten years. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's how long you're going to wait for. Like, I see it as a killer. I don't think she is. I don't think she's psychotic, really. But well, it depends. That thing is. We don't know, but when I think about these psychopaths that kill people, apart from the why did they jerk off questions and the crazy things, part of it is like what. Where where was the guilt and conscience? And I have that with this woman too, where it's like, it sounds like woman just came up to her to her to ask her for potions and she made it, as opposed to someone who like only gave it to women in abusive relationships. Yeah, or like like it seems like maybe a couple How more. Many of these husbands were abusive. I don't know all of them, but it yeah. is reported that these husbands were abusive so to their wives. So she's a, she's a hero. <laughs> you know, that's that was morality a convenient way to into, place uh, to add that. But yeah. it's a weird place it's here. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yes. So that's my my thing is like if I dissect that based on like where is the guilt and conscience. Yeah, and if you are able to do stuff like that and live with yourself, I do put you in the psychopath box. You might be in a different corner of the room, yeah. but you're still in the room. Yeah. When it comes so. down to like, hey, you know, it actually was saving women from abusive relationships, this, then I'm thinking like, you know, you have to, like, I, I, are you fact checking this? Are you just... Yeah. I mean... Yeah. It's still I would say you're still in the room. Like even yeah. if you, you're doing it to save people from at least certain, in the hallway, right? you should be a lot yeah. a little bit more successful as a divorce uh, attorney for for women than a, Yeah, a but it doesn't seller. seem like she's good at our, our, you know making a case. That you know what I mean? <laughs> it seems like she's more she's of She's good a, at making tools. And yeah, exactly. poison, but Yeah. Damn. Being a lawyer means you actually like have a conversation she, about the issue. Right, she's right. just like Get rid of the issue. Yeah, yeah we don't yeah. have to. Oh my god. She's just like, what issue? Yeah. <laughs> wow. So um, I would put her in the same room, just but just you know maybe yeah. closer to the gate, so yeah. she can get let out Jesus. early for good behavior. I mean, okay. they come in all shapes and sizes. This, this is kind of interesting to me because I, I think about like, um, okay, sorry, no, no worries. No, no, go nope. ahead. Go no, ahead. Like when, when I try to like bring it to like twenty first century, mm-hmm. uh, just crime in general. And when when we say that uh, if you're facilitating, um, if you just facilitate uh, like tools that can be used to like to go kill. against, like to kill, well, yep. killing is different. Like in terms of morality, I, I was thinking mm-hmm. about like piracy too, as well. I know this is this is weird, but I was like people who decide to like do digital piracy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they go like, well. You know, this the system says like I can't, I'm not allowed to do this, but fuck it, I'm gonna build a like I'm gonna build a tool that can like get into this and like steal this information that doesn't yeah, belong. Get the yeah, entire like, get, get, like, Game you know, of Thrones. Yeah, get the entire Game of Thrones series, series on my laptop. Or yeah. all that stuff. I'm like I'm not trying to draw like an equal like equivocation mm-hmm. between, you know, the morality of killing, mm-hmm. but I'm just thinking about the act of the state of mind where you go to, well, this is a problem. How so you like justify, to, like, how do I justify being an open source solution yeah. to like, how do need. I justify just going like, yeah, damn it. Um, because in your head, you, you, you're probably like, well, the alternative is for this woman to try to fight off this man and risk dying or maybe kill him in a messy way. Dude, man, I feel like the way I can serve it just is makes to me make it at least 
yummy. Killing you know? Eve, like the the one of the main characters, she's a psychopath. And I, I'm gonna give the spoiler. It's it's part of the season. And honestly, spoiler alert. alert, because I do think you guys should watch it. Just hit the 15 second fast forward thing four times. It'll be over in a minute. Go. Um. So basically, if you. I think you should watch it, but I think it's fun to get spoilers of this because it might um, intrigue you into it. Anyways, she is so crazy. She's so psycho that people would come into her life and they, maybe they wouldn't know she's in psycho. She's in a hospital and this young boy, he gets in his car accident. His parents die. He's now deformed in his face and he's crying to her. He doesn't know she's a psychopath and she's a killer. And he goes, I wish I would have died. And she goes, what? Why? Like, you're alive, blah, blah, blah. Because she doesn't get it. She can't empathize. And he goes, well, what about you? Would you want to live if you looked like this? And then when she thought about herself being in that pain, she goes, no, I wouldn't. And then he's crying and he leans on her. And then she just snaps his neck. And that was her form of mercy. Like, that was her being like, oh, that's the best way I know how to understand this problem. I'll just solve it for you. You said you would rather die than be alive. Here you go. That makes you think about you know, the words you say. Yeah, like... You know what I mean? Like, if you say things around your friends, it's all cool. But if you're on the bus and you're like, oh, kill me now. You gotta look behind you, man. (laughs) (laughs) You just don't know. See sitting behind you. Also, most likely it's gonna be your friends. Not uh, the person who's on the back of the bus. Yeah, so or someone that you. makes you marry yeah. them first. You don't know. You go dun, like, well, dun, kill dun. me now. Like, <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. I feel like this is enough weird, like creepy yeah, stuff. Yeah, this one has night, been a fun man. podcast, guys. I enjoyed. We kind of set the scene here with you. you know, just uh, lights out, a creepy room on a TV. Yeah, the heater is you know just burning hell to keep everyone sweating a little bit. <laughs> um but yeah there that's kind of it i guess like yeah. we, we got the chance to talk about some some pretty pretty cool guys i think ed kemper is like i would say like my all-star like like screw the unabomber and ted bundy like mm-hmm. this dude is just just the fact that he has such a high iq as well and then he was massive and i don't know ed kemper and uh you know john wayne <laughs> yeah, there's so many other crazy ones we you didn't know, even get to mention. There's, there's, the list is too big. You yeah, know, honestly, definitely fascinating characters. They'll, they'd be pissed listening to our podcast. Like, oh, I didn't make it on here. Absolutely, sorry, you didn't, you didn't make. The Please same. don't feel the need to <laughs> prove anything. Prove anything, but because you stuff. didn't make it. You know, send us stuff. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram at yeah. the Last Train Pod. Um, don't send us anything in the mail, though. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, no. No. We don't want that, no. But we do want feedback from you, whether you're a psychopath or not. Or so not. feel free to. Can you imagine we get a socials? letter? Hi, I'm a high functioning sociopath, uh, psychopath, and uh, yeah, I just want to prove to you that we do exist. We can live normal lives, and uh, uh, screw you guys. Well, we'll be happy to hear it. <laughs> I mean, we would we would have it at your place, though, right? No, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Toby's so we record is. at. <laughs> wait, wait. I thought we were talking about email here. I didn't know we we're talking about physical mail. Okay, yeah. No, I mean, no, we, no. We could probably get like a peel box or something. Okay. The point is no. <laughs> I mean, you, maybe, you know. But, uh, but yeah, also send us an email. Uh, what is it again? Hello at thelasttrain.fm and Instagram, Twitter at lasttrainpod.
the point now where I'll close out by asking a question. Um, I wanted to ask you guys like a Halloween related things, but then I realized none of you had Western upbringings really and didn't get to do the fun little Halloween shindig. But what we do share is a love for sweets and trick-or-treating gives you those yummy sweets. So I wanted to ask you guys, me and Toby were kind of talking about this, what your favorite candy bar or like low um, cost sweet chocolate candy thing is. Okay. I'll go. I love Kit Kats. Okay. And that's kind of like for... That's things because I don't. Chocolate. That's things I don't really like chocolate, but when I do break, it's for a Kit Kat. Well, when you do break, give nice. me a break. Listen, I got bars for days. All right. It's for a Kit Kat or uh, you said Mister. Oh, uh, O Henry. O Henry. Right. Yeah. Is that the one I should get? Yeah. 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 O Henry. That's a classic one, man. Yeah. Uh, the problem with that one is that it gets stuck in my teeth. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of part of the. That's. Part of the game. Yeah, as far yeah. as as far as the yumminess. Oh man. What about you, Toby? Oh, um, are we talking about like the like when you see that candy, that candy bar, it's clutch. Mm-hmm. Um it's O. Henry's on there for me as well. Mm-hmm. I like Mr. Big. Nice. I tried that for the first time, like actually a couple years ago. It used to be a candy bar. You know, like when you go to like the gas station yeah, or 7-Eleven, 7-Eleven yeah. and you see the whole, there's just candy bars that you don't touch. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, mm-hmm. you know, Bounty. Like yeah. what is that? There's full of, you know, I've yeah, right? never it's had something you don't touch. Bounty. And like I, I Mr. Big those. was one of them. But it was actually a couple years ago. I was sitting in my coworker's car and we were kind of getting warm. And then, you know, because it was cold. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, she's like, do you, do you like chocolate? <laughs> I was like. Yeah. And I'm not then, a psychopath, yes. <laughs> and then she pulls out this long, because they come in these long packages, and she's like, here you go. I was like, wow, that's <laughs> that's a little longer than I thought it would be, but <laughs> uh, I tried it, and it was it was good, man. So nice. those are my top two. Also, yeah. like Snickers and uh, Mars Bars, too. Cool. Yeah, I like a Ferrero. Mm. Oh, that's and, a little more classy. Uh, I'll say Toblerone's. Wow. Okay. Wow, that's very European. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think heavily influenced. Toblerone suck, man. Whoa. <laughs> like, it's. It, yeah, they they hurt you you First like of that. all, they're shaped like a triangle. If you're trying to have like a good oral experience, oh, why is it whoa. shaped like a triangle? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> tell us more. <laughs> no, don't tell us more. My favorite chocolate bar, I grew up loving crunchies because I love like toffee. Oh, yeah. Um,. I love O. Henry, but like my favorite indulgence, and this is not in the low purchase category. Oh my gosh, Sweet George Browns. Ow. You like lose your mind for I that. do. I do. I'll eat a whole box in a minute. If you ever need to get, get on her good side, just you know, you know what to get her. Maybe yeah. we should get a post box just so people can send me Sweet George Browns. Not after talking about poison for 20 minutes. Okay. Thank you. Oh, yeah. fine. Why <laughs> you got to do that? There's a lot of poison talk yeah. here. Dang. And you I'm know, like, it's, it's like, strangely enough, it's like such a woman thing. That's my one sexist thing to like poison the person. No, it's because yeah. they're physically not That's just gonna... such a bitch way to kill somebody. The same you know way what? dudes jerk <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. You know what? And We're not going to take that. It just, it reminds me of like We're the just state smarter. of nature like, or something. It's harder to track. <laughs> 
the state of nature that like every man can kill every other man is like what if he's bigger than you he's like he has to sleep eventually you know what I mean like, and so then you can get him in his sleep he yeah. has to eat, eats food right <laughs> yeah. you can't feed him poison him that's Man. so messed up but yeah that's uh that's the end of it uh i hope everyone enjoyed the halloween version hope it was a little bit creepy um definitely hope you look at psychos a little differently see that uh, they're ill um maybe not make friends with them <laughs> they but, can't have uh, friends yeah uh stay safe out there happy halloween Thank you, passengers, for joining us on this train ride this evening. While you're lucky enough to make it off the train, we hope we'll be seeing you again very soon. Signing out, DT, Toby, Yanu, and Juliana. (laughs) 